Hey there, welcome to ABC News Live. We're following breaking developments on that story out of Thailand. Rescue crews recovering uh, 13 people alive. We know that those Thai officials had been searching for a soccer team that went missing after they were playing in caves, uh, and that cave was subsumed by floodwaters. You're taking a look at that search effort, and now we know the good news this, uh, today that those 13 people were found alive after a week buried in a cave. ABC's James Longman has been following this hunt for those uh, those 12 soccer players and their coach. And James joins us now live by the phone. James, I know you're on the way to where they may have recovered uh, these people. Yeah, absolutely, Ariel. This is absolutely extraordinary. We were just with the group of divers uh, at one of their kind of uh, rest houses just near the cave when we heard the news that it wasn't confirmed yet but we were hearing rumors that somehow the boys were found there was a lot of skepticism they didn't think that this was true but slowly but surely more reports came in and then we heard the governor confirm that yes indeed those boys and their soccer coach have been found we're actually now in a van on our way there we've stopped near the entrance and i think we're probably going to get out soon and run towards where the cave is it's in a really deep part of the jungle i was talking to you a little bit earlier on um, uh, and it's kind of an extraordinarily remote place. But we thought that the boys were in a drier part of the cave much further down uh, than we had previously uh, understood at um, a place called Pattaya Beach, which is kind of this higher cavern, this drier part uh, of the cave network. But it seems that the rescuers were working a lot quicker than anyone had imagined. Thai Navy SEALs were in there 24-7. Most of them actually slept inside the cave and took it in, in shifts, if you like, going working night and day uh, to get, forge ahead inside this cave. A lot of them were using ropes to pull themselves forward in the current. But in the last couple of days, there has been less rain, which has meant that they've been able to make more progress. So we're just getting a car out of the way here so that we can pass quickly. Luckily, we're with some of the divers, uh, and which means that we can bypass some of the very heavy security there is around here, lots of police. Um, are outside to stop, you know, to try to organize things. They're letting us through now. We're trying to try and make our way down the dirt track towards towards the cave. So, yes, they're hoping to uh, to try to get these boys out now, but we have no idea about their condition. Remember, it's been nine days since they went into these caves, uh, and so uh, they are young, 11 to 16, and their coach isn't that much older, 25. Uh, so it's unclear what health, what state they'll be in health-wise. Um, they are certainly going to be malnourished. Uh, we do think that, well, we know now, of course, that they had oxygen for the time they were inside. Did they have enough water? Uh, what kind of food did they have with them when they were stuck? These are all questions that we're going to find out very soon. Um, but uh, we, right now, as I said, we're on our way there. We can't wait, really, to see the jubilation now at the camp because a 1,000 people were involved in this search rescue. Thai uh, people had come from all over the country to help with the volunteering. They had come to help hand out food, uh, rations, uh, medical supplies. Handing out. People would come up to me and I was set in that camp and they'd be like, would you like this toothbrush? Would you like this Coke? Would you like, you know, this bowl of rice? They're just such hospitable, incredible people, all of them praying. Uh, and it seems their prayers have worked.
And, and James, you took the word right out of my mouth, jubilation. We're watching live footage right now of the Thai government announcing this real miracle we're watching unfold ahead of us. They really beat the clock. As far as the weather goes, I know earlier uh, we were talking about how the weather conditions really have played a factor in this search effort, and they were worried about the upcoming rains that were to be expected. Can you tell us a little bit about the terrain that these rescue workers have been working through and also uh, what the weather could have done in, in uh, inhibiting this search effort? Well, we are uh, right on the border with uh, Burma here, uh, Myanmar here. We're quite far north in Thailand. It is basically the heart of the jungle. And where you go up to this cave, you, you drive up a, a sort of a steep, muddy slope, and you find yourself in a kind of uh, an opening uh, just in front of the cave. Uh, and it's in a ma massive valley. There are big mountains all around. It's where they grow coffee in this part of Thailand. It's absolutely stunning. And this cave network is a tourist attraction. It's where the boys had been playing and having fun. They've come here, we understand, a number of times after soccer practice is where they like to hang out. But the rain had made this whole area uh, just so muddy. Absolutely uh, torrential rain over the last few weeks has turned this place into, uh, you know, an, an enormous mud field, basically. We're walking around. We have, uh, luckily, uh, Wellington boots. You know, the mud goes well past your foot as you walk around in, this, uh, in the field just outside the, uh, the entrance to the cave. And it's where the emergency, um, you know, teams had set up where all the stalls, where the food and where the rations were being handed out. Um, and so it was really the weather that was a major concern here. It's what, of course, started this whole thing. There was a torrential downpour that, that meant that this, these kids were stuck in this cave. And then for the last couple of days, there's, a little bit, there's been a little bit less. In this tropical climate, it starts to rain at about kind of three o'clock in the afternoon for about an hour. And then it normally kind of lays off. But over the last few days, earlier like last week it had really thundered down overnight and that was a problem and it meant that the 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 cave itself was being totally flooded but for the last couple of days since we've been here we haven't seen that much rain and i think that's really what has helped um what has helped the situation but i think really people are really going to have to give it to the huge number of uh, rescue uh, rescue professionals who have come here the divers from around the world I mean, like i said i'm sitting in a van now on up on my way there with divers from the United States, from Belgium. Uh, uh, there are divers here from Australia, from the United Kingdom. They've come bringing their expertise from around the world to what really one described as the biggest search and rescue cave effort that he'd ever seen, and probably that has ever been. And for this to have culminated in the rescue of these, these boys, and their soccer coach is absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, James, it really harkens back to those Chilean miners when they were rescued, and it's just tremendous to see these images playing out. Any indication from authorities about how long it could take before we see some of those uh, those kids and their coach come out of that cave? Not at all just yet, I don't think, Ariel. I mean, remember, they're kind of two miles into a cave network, and it took rescuers this long to get to them. It took them nine days to get there. So, you know, this is not just a straight passageway where you can run along the sand. This is uh, a series of peaks and troughs. Of, uh, of, 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 there's rock climbing that needs to be done inside this cave area. It's very steep. It gets very narrow in places. And, of course, much of it is sub still submerged in water. So these boys, we understand, don't really have any kind of scuba diving experience. They are going to be weakened by the last nine days in this cave. Uh, so the first priority for... Uh, authorities here to make sure that they are in a stable condition. Uh, uh, they, they have the food and the waters that they need. Uh, it's possible even that they may stay the night where they are. I mean, no one knows at this point. It is such 
early days, and we're going to find that those things out when we get there. Um, I think, of course, the the, um, the priority will be to get them out, but it has to be done carefully and slowly, and it has to be done, of course, uh, in the knowledge that so much of this aid is still underwater. There still will be in the backs of the minds of the rescuers and the tidal authorities the fact that at the rest of the end of this uh, middle of this week, so a couple of days' time, more rain is scheduled, and if that happens. The tunnel is flooded again. They have a lot of pumps working to make sure that that doesn't happen. But if the amount of rainfall that fell just a week ago, then they could be in trouble. So, yeah, they've got to take it slowly, but they really do need to get these boys out ASAP. James, I know you're making your way there to the scene while we have you on the phone. Uh, we are talking also about uh, the police, just a harrowing effort by police, an amazing effort by all those rescue teams that you mentioned from across the world, uh, Thai Navy SEALs. You mentioned the international team there uh, looking for these young boys. But we want to play those images of the government making this announcement. Okay. You can see the cheers there, even if you don't understand exactly what they're saying. Uh, you can see the cheers, the elation there in the room. James, I know that you've been on the ground talking to families, to friends, all of those people who have congregated in the area, praying for the best. This is certainly a best-case scenario. There's a lot of optimism for amongst Thai people, especially. And, 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 you know, they were listening to their governor who was giving these press conferences every day. And he was saying, we're making great progress. We're making great progress. Then he did speak to some of the professionals and they would say, look, yes, we are making progress. But this is the most complicated cave, uh, sorry, sort of cave rescue we've ever, un, you know, undergone. So we should act with caution. But the Thai, again and again, were just super optimistic and they, and they had faith. You know, uh, these Thai Navy SEALs are hardcore. We were just talking about them uh, wanting to stay inside and not leaving the cave structure. You know, they would, they, they would, you know, dive for hours at a time, pulling themselves along with these ropes, only sleep for a few hours inside the cave, not wanting to come out, and then continue their rush forward. Uh, we spoke to um, some of the uh, divers who come from, from different parts of the world, an Australian guy. You know, these are big guys. He was like six foot two, like really broad. Uh, he's saying to me how difficult this was. They've all put in such effort. Um, they're experienced, they're strong, but they found this thing tough. Uh, and I think uh, rightly so, a lot of the credit will go to the Thai Navy field and the uh, professionals who come from around the world to pull off something I think is absolutely heroic. I mean, we should really, you know, we should exercise a little bit of caution. We don't know what state these boys are in, but if, if the Thai reaction is anything to go by, I think... Um, it's been an incredible evening. You're absolutely right, James. Uh, we know that this is a developing story, and from the very latest, we know that these boys are alive. But as you mentioned, we don't know what condition they may be in, but certainly alive and discovered because of that uh, heroic effort by so many teams, as we mentioned, across the world, people riveted by this uh, search for them. Uh, you mentioned that there may have been American involvement, and you're traveling, you're embedded with some of those uh, teams that, are, that were working to search for these boys. Can you talk a little bit about the efforts there? Well, the U.S. Uh, sent a team from Okinawa, um, and they were some of the first to arrive. It was a military search and rescue team. They have divers here, but they also have logistics experts um, who've been uh, giving advice to the Thai, uh, the, the Thai divers and the Thai authorities. Uh, they are, they have, there is a group of British cave experts. Um, remember, um, down south here in Thailand is a huge 
uh, diving hotspot. You know, people come from all over the world to learn how to dive, to enjoy Thailand's beautiful scuba diving, uh, you know, uh, industry here and all the, the beautiful water that you can you can swim in. And so there's a lot of expertise in Thailand. There's a lot of foreign expertise in Thailand. A lot of the guys that have come up here work in uh, Thai uh, dive resorts down in the south. Indeed, the Belgian guy that we've been speaking to owns a place in uh, Phuket. So, you know, these are people who had the knowledge and were close at hand. And I think that's what's been massively helpful for the Thai people. Uh, we do know that, um, you know, the cave itself has been mapped uh, something like 30 years ago, I think I'm told, um, by French or French. Yeah, I'm just looking for a nod from uh, our friend here, the Belgian diver who, who's, who's um, taken part in the rescue, uh, by French explorers who mapped the whole cave, um, but didn't do it with GPS, obviously. Uh, and so what the Thai authorities and their international uh, partners have been doing is using that map as a kind of guide, but they haven't really been able to know for sure the distances. And I think that tonight what has meant that there's this, been this shock recovery because no one really knew how far along the cave they were. Some people said they were 800 meters. Some people said they were well over a mile in. Some people said the boys and their coach would be in one pocket, um, but it might be that they've been waiting in another. Um, so little is known really about these caves in a kind of really technical sense. And so, um, but, so, so I think that's why there's been this surprise tonight. But, I, but it's definitely that technical knowledge um, the, 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 the cave diving ability that so many of these people have brought from around the world that has really paid off here tonight in space. Um, I am absolutely thrilled to be able to report on a good story. Uh, we did not think that this was going to happen, or at least we had absolutely no idea that these things often don't, uh, don't end well. So it is just on a personal level absolutely thrilling to be able to go to this place now uh, and hopefully find people who are ecstatic. I mean, I know, Ariel, you're watching images of the camp. I can't see them because we're still in the van on the way there. But um, I'm sure the Thai people are absolutely over the moon about this. And James, you, you took the words, like I said, we must have some kind of telepathy today, but I was just thinking to myself, you've covered so many stories across the globe. Uh, this must have left an impression on you. One of the things we do here at ABC News Live is pull back the curtain on what it's like to cover these kinds of stories. Uh, I know you mentioned how happy you are that you're finally covering maybe what seems to be a, a really happy ending to this. Um, are you cautious as you as you approach that cave about what you're going to see? I think we have to be cautious. You know, these are these are young young boys, and they've been in pretty exceptional circumstances for the last nine days. If the if the atmosphere and if the conditions outside the camp or anything to go by, it is wet, it is muddy, it is dank inside that cave. I have uh, no idea what they've been through. We have to remember there's also the psychological impact uh, of being stranded like that, thinking that you might die. I mean, you know, I've been on social media, tweeting, Instagramming about this. And the thing that comes back again and again from people watching this story is it brings home so many of their own phobias about being caught in confined places. Uh, it's something out of a movie, being in a cave that is filling up with water. That is absolutely terrifying. And being an 11-year-old boy and having to deal with that, I mean, what a thing. And so I am approaching this thing with jubilation, but also with caution because these boys have been through something absolutely horrific um but i'm sure once they're out um they're going to be met with cheers and, uh, and and laughter and happiness by all these thai people who've been waiting um who've been waiting outside 
this good news. All right, James Longman, thank you for your excellent reporting there from Thailand. And of course, we're going to be checking in with you throughout the day and we'll see more from you on World News tonight. Good luck out there. Uh, we're joined now by phone by John Cohen, who's a former DHS acting undersecretary, also an ABC News contributor. John, uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we wanted to talk to you today about what these rescue efforts really entail. Uh, from your perspective, you know, when you've dealt with tragedies or, or crises of this nature, what are the rescue teams or what were they going through? And then what's the next process from here? Well, let me first start by saying, I mean, what we're hearing preliminarily about uh, the fact that the, the, that the athletes have been found alive, this is what every rescuer hopes for. Uh, these types of efforts take uh, extensive and unified um, activities by national authorities, local authorities, state authorities, and even private sector organizations who uh, provide supplies and support to those, uh, those involved in the rescue, the family members of those who uh, may be trapped, uh, and, uh, and people who are helping from the community. So uh, what will happen next is uh, they will uh, fully remove the, the kids from the cave. They'll be given initial medical uh, evaluations, uh, and then uh, there will be some psychological support as well that will be ongoing. Uh, and uh, again, this is just, it, it sounds like it's really good news. Yeah, we, we surely hope this ends as happily as it seems like it may. Um, I know that um, we have dispatched teams, the United States has dispatched teams, as James was mentioning, from Okinawa, and, uh, and we are helping and assisting in those rescue efforts. Um, what goes into the U.S. calculation and collaboration with other countries when there are crises abroad? Yeah, so the U.S. Uh, across the country have urban search and rescue teams uh, that are primarily run out of local fire departments uh, and, and emergency medical services. Uh, some are volunteers. Some are paid people. Uh, our military also has uh, search and rescue capabilities as well. Uh, we very often will send uh, those teams. They'll dispatch and go around the world. Uh, to uh, respond and help when there's earthquakes or major hurricanes or other uh, natural or man-made disasters. They're very, very well trained. They're very well equipped. Uh, they are coordinated and organized uh, on the domestic front through FEMA, uh, which is part of DHS. Uh, but, it's a, but they're a real important asset both to deal with natural disasters in this country uh, and disasters uh, or major incidents such as the one they're confronting in Thailand right now. And John, I know it's a delicate balance that these uh, Thai government officials want to make sure and update the world on what's happening. Uh, they must be pretty optimistic to come out uh, and celebrate the, the rescue of these 13 people alive. Does that mean, does that say anything to you about their confidence in their condition? Well, like we, we often discuss when we're dealing with a situation uh, such as this, uh, we'll, we want to be cautiously optimistic at this point, but the fact that you do have government authorities uh, making statements which seemingly suggest uh, that the resolution to this issue is going to be a positive one, that, that does fill me with uh, some positive feelings or, or hope at least. But again, uh, as I say often on our air, uh, you know, we have to wait and see uh, and, and confirm it ourselves. Yeah, and John, also, uh, these rescue workers were dealing with the, the lack of time when it comes to the weather, the impending storms or rain that was supposed to fall, as James was mentioning, in the coming weeks. Uh, we know that this was this was started by a deluge there on that mountain into the caves, and this could have been, the rescue efforts really could have been hampered, so they beat the clock, it sounds like. No, exactly, and, you know, in any type of rescue situation such as this, 
um, time is not on your side, uh, the environment is not necessarily on your side, uh, the conditions can hamper or, or rescue, but the conditions of the area that's, that, that you're excavating and trying to extract the people from, but also the conditions, the weather conditions. Um, every day that goes by uh, in a situation such as this, um, you know, you, you, it becomes more likely that your rescue operation uh, will turn into a recovery operation. So again, the fact that this much time has gone by um, tells me that, uh, well, the fact that this much time has gone by makes this an even happier story if it turns out that, that these kids are all being rescued. All right, John, thank you so much for joining us. That was John Cohen, former DHS acting undersecretary uh, and ABC News contributor. I believe now we have Elizabeth McLaughlin, our Pentagon uh, reporter, live with us now. Elizabeth, can you hear us? Hi, how are you? Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining us. And, and clearly this is, this is elation and jubilation that we're seeing in Thailand as we hear these 13 uh, people may be alive, 12 youngsters, uh, a soccer coach. Talk to me a little bit about what the U.S. coordinated effort might look like uh, to help in these disasters. We heard that a little bit from John Pryor. Yes, well, this was, uh, you know, obviously wonderful news, and hopefully this, you know, all the children are found alive. We actually learned about this in the middle of a defense uh, press gaggle. We were gathered with reporters, and uh, someone saw the notification on their phone, yelled out to one of the Pentagon spokespeople, asking, you know, breaking news, what, what can you tell us? They're still trying to confirm the, if what role the U.S. military would have played in this rescue. They have not confirmed that at this time. But we do know that a, a search and rescue team um, from U.S. Pacific Command, this team was based out of Okinawa in Japan, about 30 people, and they were comprised um, of obviously the search and rescue personnel, but uh, a survival specialist, uh, other support personnel. So these are people who would have been familiar with how to operate in the jungle, how to operate in caves. Um, and they landed in Thailand on Thursday. They've been assisting with operations. And uh, what, what really has been coming through here is they are really in full support of the operation that's being conducted by the Thai officials. Um, not wanting to get ahead of them, but, but wanting to assist, you know, U.S. allies in any way possible. Is there a shelf life to U.S. involvement in these types of crises? Uh, will, will the U.S. Uh, forces that are deployed retreat at some point when there seems like hope is lost? Uh, but in this case, maybe stay a lot longer, knowing that there may be that glimmer of hope. And like we're seeing play out in real time, as, as our viewers are watching right now, those images, uh, that these 12 people, uh, 12 kids, I should say, and their coach may come out alive and okay from this? Uh, well, I was talking to someone on the phone this weekend, a uh, U.S. military spokesperson who was saying, uh, you know, asking, are there going to be additional forces who are going to go in U.S. military support? Because as you're saying, you know, you never know. Oh, do you, do you stay longer? Do you need more support? Um, that person was saying that at that time they just had understood that the 30 uh, search and rescue team members who were there with the ones who were going to remain. There was no indication that they were going to leave at any point. Um, but, but this is something the U.S. military does that sometimes we often forget is they do help countries around the world who are experiencing these types of uh, catastrophes and crises. You'll remember the uh, Argentinian submarine that went missing several months ago, and the U.S. military had quite a bit of equipment and personnel that they deployed to try to assist uh, the Argentine authorities in that process. So this is something the U.S. military does regularly. They have highly strained specialists that help. Uh, they're really key in these scenarios. And that was Elizabeth McLaughlin reporting from the Pentagon. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your insight, Elizabeth. We appreciate it.
Want to head over to Anmar Mirza, who's a National Cave Rescue Commission and expert uh, from the National Cave Rescue Commission. Anmar, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we want to know, now that these boys and their coach may have been found alive, this turns from the search operation to a very intense rescue operation. We were talking to our correspondent who's there on the ground about the difficult terrain that these rescue uh, forces have had to deal with. What comes next? Uh, they have decisions in order to, uh, to make in order to decide whether they're going to try to evacuate the people out. Um, whether through diving or through another entrance that they're potentially making, or if they're going to supply them in situ until the water goes down. Um, I don't have information on, on what they are currently thinking at that point, but those are the three primary options. And Anmar, you know, at first, these rescue teams, these search teams, didn't know if these boys were alive, if they weren't. What do you think the indications were that they should continue searching? Um, well, of course, because we do not know if they are alive or dead, we will assume that they are alive, um, but proceeding carefully. And once we know that they are alive, then we shift our focus to a rescue type of operation. Um, the officials there on the scene now have that information, and that, that gives them more directions which way to go. How difficult, you touched on this just a bit, but how difficult is uh, a rescue and uh, operation of this nature? Uh, this is incredibly difficult. It's difficult for a number of reasons. One, because of the social aspect of the enormous pressure to just do something, which puts rescuers at risk because people try to do things that were maybe ill-advised. Um, it's also very difficult because uh, if, if their rain does not subside enough to allow the water to go down for long enough uh, to get them out, then the decision has to be made of how they're going to try to evacuate them. And if they do try to evacuate them through diving, that is probably one of the most dangerous and difficult things uh, that can be imagined. But also uh, trying to put in another entrance is also incredibly difficult. Uh, I've been on, on over 100 cave rescues, and I would rank this among uh, one of the, the most difficult that I can imagine. I, I'm not personally on it, but I've been following it pretty closely. It makes sense, Anmar. I can't even imagine uh, the efforts that have gone into this, and, and they're really dealing with this at a, in those treacherous conditions, as you mentioned. How is that delicate balance struck between uh, making sure that the rescuers themselves stay safe, but also continue to forge forward uh, in trying to find those victims? Uh, the biggest thing is ensuring that the people who are there actually doing the rescue, um, first off, are qualified for doing what they're doing, um, and but then also that they're not then hampered by uh, officials or that pressure to do something. Um, so allowing them to do what they need to do and trusting that they know what they're going to be doing. Anmar Mirza, thank you so much for joining us, an expert in cave rescues. Uh, we, we thank our entire team uh, for joining us. Just to recap what we're looking at, those live images coming out of Thailand, a true miracle announced by the Thai government that 12 soccer players, young soccer players, and their coach who were stuck in a cave presumed to be either alive or dead. They're in that cave on a mountain as they were playing in a cave subsumed with floodwaters. This intense search has been going on for a week. Now we know all 13 people are presumed alive. We're going to continue to follow the very latest on this. James Longman reporting there from the ground in Thailand for World News Tonight. More on ABC News Live on the ABC News app and abcnews.com. I'm Ariel Reshef in New York. Have a great day.